0: Hello there. This is Ad Robles, and you're listening to Ad on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. You know, if you've watched, um, you know, any of my uh, YouTube videos, then you probably know already that I am a pretty big Star Wars fan. Even in the, in the background of my videos sometimes you can see Star Wars memorabilia and, and I talk about Star Wars a lot and all of that kind of thing. And recently I did a video um, and I played the clip of Anakin Skywalker in, 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 in the third movie, the third prequel I should say, Um, anakin skywalker when he's kind of transitioning to darth vader um and he's uh you know in a huge battle epic battle with obi-wan kenobi and obi-wan um you know essentially chops him in half with his lightsaber and you know you can see sort of the rage in darth vader's eyes this is before he wears the mask and everything so you can see his you know you can see him and you know he is furious and he talks about how he hates him and this and that and you could just see the rage and the fury in his eyes and he's there's the hatred is just so palpable in that scene you can you can see his eyes turn yellow for goodness sake um so 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 anakin darth vader hates obi-wan kenobi with every fiber in his being and that's what we normally think of when we think about hate we think about you know someone really just feeling a a feeling an emotion of rage towards somebody we think of somebody that is is just you know gritting his teeth and I I hate you like like you know when somebody hates you like that you can feel it you can feel the hatred burning within them and and there was no you know I don't think there's a better scene uh, in any movie that really kind of showcases that emotion of hatred but there's actually a gentle way to hate people as well that's right. There's a, there's a gentle way to hate people, and it's a way that it's really dangerous because it doesn't, you know, it doesn't read as hatred to you know most normal people, but it's 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 just as evil and it's just as dangerous as the actual real hatred. Like for example, the the hatred that Darth Vader felt. It's really insidious because it, a lot of people will read it as love, but it's really hatred. And so this episode, we're going to talk about how. There are gentle ways to hate black people. And obviously it just doesn't just apply to black people, it applies to everybody. But this for some reason in our culture today, this kind of hatred of black people is very popular. It's very um, it's very trendy and it's just everywhere, including in the church. And my concern is that if you hate black people in this way, you're actually going, and, and, you, and you believe that you love them, you're going to be acting in such a way that puts these people that you claim to love in very, very serious danger. And I want to bring two pieces of scripture up, up front today. Um, the first thing that I want to bring is from the words of Jesus Christ. This is from John chapter 15. It's, it starts in verse 8. Let's, let's start in verse 8. The Lord says this, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. You know, I think if you, if you ask a typical evangelical, how do you abide in the love of Christ? right? Just ask them without reference to this passage, right? How how do you abide in the love of Christ? If you asked 10 evangelicals that question, I think, honestly, you'd probably get 10 different answers. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. There's a direct connection here between obeying the commandments of God and loving. In fact, i I think that it's appropriate to call the commandments of God, all of them, even the Old Testament commandments, the law of love. Okay? Now, I know that that's going to be hard to swallow for some people, but but I don't think there's any other way to understand it. If you look at the Ten Commandments, we, you know, Reform people have thought for, for forever that, you know, the first four commandments are about loving God appropriately, so love the Lord your God with all your heart. Well, the first four commandments tell you how to do that. And then the, and the next six commandments tell you how to love your neighbor as yourself, and then all the other commandments of God fit into some of those categories. They show you how to love God, and they show you how to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you want to abide in the love of Christ, if you want to show love to God and show love to your neighbor, then you must know and keep the commandments of God, just like Christ did. Because I don't think, I, I think everyone would agree that nobody's loved better than Christ has loved, and uh, loved. And Christ is telling us that He's abiding in the Father's love by obeying the Father's commandments. Now, here's a second verse I want to read. This is from Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, chapter 13, verse 24, okay? This is, is, you know, you probably know this verse, ready? The Word of God says this, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. You see, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about the insidious kind of hate, because I don't think that this verse has in mind a father or a mother who is like Darth Vader saying to his son, I hate you, and so I'm not going to spank you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to discipline you. I don't think that's what's in play here. I think what this verse has in mind is someone who 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 thinks that they love their son and or daughter or whoever and doesn't discipline them because that's harsh. You know, that's 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 too harsh. And I want my son to be happy, and I want my son to to get what he wants and to, and to do what he wants and things like that. And so discipline is it's it's just almost too harsh. And I love my son, but the scripture says, "No, you don't." if you you don't want to discipline your son because you want them to be happy, you actually aren't demonstrating love there. You're demonstrating hatred. You hate your son. And it's not the kind of hatred that Darth Vader was was showing to Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, it's a different kind of hatred. It's It's a gentle hatred. It's a hatred that basically what's happening is you're disregarding the commandments of God and you're saying, I will not discipline my child. I will not discipline my child and thinking you love them by disobeying the commandment of God you're actually hating them you're showing hatred towards them and it's going to lead to disaster i mean if you read other proverbs as well if you don't if you don't teach your son the the way that he should go if you don't discipline your son it leads to sheol it leads to the the the, the road to hell and so there are serious consequences for not obeying the words of God. There are serious consequences for not loving people the way God says to love them. And he equates that with hatred, by the way. So if you disregard the commandments, if you disobey the commandments of God about what it says to do to your neighbor if you or, or, or whatever, then you are showing hatred. And it could be a very gentle hatred. Let me tell you what I mean. There's um, a couple, one of my very first videos, there was a... Um, an article from from nine marks that I reviewed. And in the article, there was a few, there's a number of things that I obviously I disagreed with, and I was criticizing. And one of the things was, it was saying that white churches are, are bad, essentially, or they're hard for black people. And one of the reasons why it was just a whole bunch of reasons why. And one of the reasons why was because black women feel ugly at white churches, because nobody asks them out right? Nobody asks them on dates. And so therefore white churches are, you know, there, there's something wrong with them because n- none of the white people at the white churches are asking the, the black sisters out on a date. And, you know, I, I, I remember at the time I, I, I said, I said to the, to the in the video, I said, look, that makes me feel really sad. That makes me feel really sad. And the reason it makes me sad is not because the white people are doing something wrong. In other words, it, 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 you know, you can't say that, well, you didn't ask me on a date, therefore you don't like me or you think I'm ugly. That's not how it works, right? In the video, I said I asked a black girl out on a date once be- um, before I was married and she told me no. She was nice about it. You know, she she didn't say anything you know mean to me. She just said no thanks. And I'm pretty sure the reason was because she only dated black guys and, and that's fine. You know, that's that's. That's that's totally fine. I, I didn't never thought that she that meant that she thought I was ugly or anything, or just her preference, right? But but here's the thing, right? What made me sad about that was those black women that feel ugly. I believe that that's actually true. I don't have any reason to to deny that. But what they need is truth. What they need is someone to tell them, look, it's your value does not come from whether or not white guys want to date you right that's not where you should derive your value from your 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 opinion of yourself you're not beautiful because white guys like you you know what i mean so so we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't browbeat white guys for not asking you know black women on dates no 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 instead we should teach them with truth we should, right because J- jesus died for your sins jesus made you created you said you were good made you in his own image that's where your value comes from it doesn't come from whether white people like you or not Right? And so but but here's the thing, though, that message could actually be twisted too. that message could actually be twisted. You know, I saw a video, um, a video from, you know, and I I really hesitate to bring this guy up. I I think that that giving this guy any attention is, is, (laughs) it's questionable, because because he's just really off his rocker. There's just just no question about that. And but I'm going to mention him. And I'm going to hopefully never mention him again. Kyle James Howard. I saw a video of Kyle James Howard. He posted it himself, so he's very proud of this, Um, where he was in the Song of Solomon, and he was teaching about colorism. Colorism. Do you know what colorism is? Colorism is is, is different than racism. It's about color actually being sort of the, the hierarchy. So it's not about race, right? So what it is is basically the darker you are, the more oppressed you are, the more uh, discriminated against you are. So it could be even within, even within blacks, right? So let's just, say, let's just say, let's just accept the narrative. Black is the race, and then within blackness, there's degrees of color. And so the darker you are, the worse off you are, in other words. It, that's what colorism is. It's like racism, but it's, it's different, it's slightly different. Anyway, so he was saying that the Song of Solomon God explicitly says that black is beautiful in the Song of Solomon. Okay? Now, I don't think that most Christians would want to deny that, that God thinks that black people made in the image of God are beautiful. God created them. He created their skin color. He created their, the diversity in the world. He thinks that his creation is good. So God thinks black people are good. So I, I don't think there's any reason to deny the conclusion that that um, that Kyle Howard was, was saying here. But, but but let's 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 think about this for a second, right? Was God in the Song of Solomon saying black is beautiful? Was he? Here's where he gets this. Here's where he gets this this is Song of Solomon chapter one. And, and you know the song of solomon is is probably one of the more mysterious you know books in the bible i think most christians don't really understand it very much or or even know why it's there and things like that but but let's read it real quick this is uh, chapter 1 verse 5 it starts with verse 5 this is the woman speaking okay you know if you remember the song of solomon it's broken up it's with it's with the guy the girl and then others here's what the woman says i am very dark but lovely, she says, "I am very dark, but lovely." And then Solomon, you know, later um, says this in verse eight: "If you do not know, O most beautiful among women." And so, 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 Kyle is, is essentially saying like the king is 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 accepting her into his his court and loves her and thinks that she's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen in his life, and she's black. Because she says, I am very dark, but lovely. Okay. Now, now here's the thing, though. <laughs> is the message of this song, Black is Beautiful? Because Kyle, in this video, said explicit, it, this is explicitly God saying, Black is beautiful. And again, we don't want to disagree with that, I don't think. But is God saying that Here? Let's read the rest of of the girl's part, right? I am very dark, but lovely. O daughters of Jerusalem, like the tents of Kedar, like the curtains of Solomon. Do not gaze at me because I am dark, because the sun has looked upon me. My mother's sons were angry with me. They made me a keeper of the vineyards, but my own vineyard I have not kept. This woman was dark because she had spent a lot of time outside working the fields you see you know what I'm saying she had a suntan her skin was dark because she had spent a lot of time doing manual labor outside this woman is not a royal this woman's not a royal she, she's, she's she's a worker she's working in the fields you see don't 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 look at me because I'm dark like I like, like as if I don't belong here look the sun has looked upon me Right, I I spent a lot of time outside. My brothers make me made me work the vineyards. That's why I'm dark. But I'm beautiful. I'm not a royal. I'm a regular person. But the king thinks I'm beautiful, and I am beautiful. Okay, this is a class thing. This is not a color thing. Okay, so, so so here's the thing. So what's the danger here? What is the danger here? Because look, I've already accepted the fact that 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 God would say that black people are beautiful, just like he would say white people are beautiful, or Chinese people are beautiful, or Latinos are beautiful. I, I think God would believe all of those things. So what's the danger here of using this passage as if it teaches something about color? Well, the danger is, once you're willing to flat out lie about the text to teach what you think is the right message, what aren't you willing to do? What else will you lie about the text with? You know, here it's not that big a deal because because look, you know, I guess we could argue, oh, maybe maybe she really was black and that's the thing, but the point is the point of this message is not black is beautiful. You see, honestly, let's let's just break this down for a second, right? You know what makes, you know, <laughs> look, you know what would make me feel ugly? If someone was twisting the scriptures to make the point that I wasn't ugly, or, or or like going overboard to talk about how I wasn't ugly that would actually make me feel uncomfortable and make me feel ugly I, I remember w- one of the very <laughs> so my, my YouTube channel got more popular after the MLK 50 conference that was last year right Do you rem- you remember that all the the main speakers kind of came out as social justice warriors and things like that I remember I was talking before my before I started doing videos about it I was in Florida we were me and my brother were driving from Orlando to Naples. Um, because my, my, my aunt had passed away kind of unexpectedly, and so we were visiting her daughters. Um, and in the car ride, it was a pretty long car ride, we were we were talking about this whole thing. And we were talking about Matt Chandler's presentation, I think once or twice, maybe two times during that presentation. He's describing um, black people that he knows, black people that are planting churches that he knows. And, and, and he, how he described them was so condescending, so paternalistic, so just icky. It was icky he would say this, let me just, let me do, I, I, this it's not a direct quote, but this is what he would say, he would say, he would be like, and I know these black families, they're beautiful black families, and they're planting churches, and they're just so godly, and I, 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 they're beautiful. That's kind of how he said it, right? <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, imagine if you said it like, imagine if you said this, Imagine if, if, if instead of black families, he, was, he described white people like this. And I know these white, beautiful white families, just beautiful. He would never do that. You, that would sound icky. It's weird. So why, why, why is he describing black people as beautiful? You know, to me, what it sounds like, and I'm not making an accusation, but what it sounds like to me is that you're trying to convince yourself and others that black people really can be beautiful. Because you're going overboard, you're going, you're, you're going too far, like you're, you're trying to convince me too much. And guess what? I don't need convincing that black people can be beautiful. I, I don't need you to, to, to twist scripture to tell me that black people can be beautiful. You know, there's, there's other ways that you could go about teaching that in scripture, you don't have to pretend like Song of Solomon chapter one is explicitly God saying black is beautiful. That's a lie. And it makes me feel like maybe you're not so sure that black is beautiful. You know. So this is the thing, right? That's a very, in my opinion, that's a very gentle way to hate black people, to lie about what, what, what the scripture says, to make some kind of a point. Because someone's gonna read that and they're going to read what the woman in the Song of Solomon says, and they're going to read how she says she's dark but lovely, and then the reason that she's dark is because she spent a lot of time outside, and she's working the fields, and she's, you know, she's a lower-class person because she's not a royal getting other workers and servants to work the field for her. No, she has to go do it herself, and they're going to realize that you lied to them. You lied to them. Or they're going to learn how to interpret the scriptures from you, where you start with the conclusion and then you try to make something, you try to ham fist something into that conclusion and you don't know where that's gonna end up. That's dangerous. That's an example of hating black people. So if you wanna know how to hate black people, there's one example right there and you could do it real gently too, pretending that you love them. Meanwhile, you're teaching them how to twist the scripture. Okay, how to twist the scripture? It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Here's another way to 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 hate black people. So over the weekend, uh, somebody you know showed me this. I'm actually blocked by Dr. Eric Mason on Twitter because I asked him you know a very basic question about his beliefs, and he blocked me. You know, I wasn't rude or anything. Nothing at all. He blocked me. So so anyway, somebody sent this screenshot to me. Here, here here's what it says. It says. When white—look, it's it, look, it's Twitter. He's probably running out of characters. I'm just going to read it how it is, and I, I'll tell you what I think it means. He says, When white say, speak out on abortion like you do other atrocities against AAs, African-Americans, I'm waiting for them to speak out on all of the history of racism in this country. What nerve to say that with the history they deny that created the environment for mass abortions in the African-American community. Okay, so let me tell you what I think this means. I'm going to interpret this because again, there's missing some punctuation and some wor- some letters. It's fine. This is Twitter. What he's saying is, what? How dare you, white people, tell me to speak out on abortion when you deny the history that your people caused the, that, that, that 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 makes people abort their children, that that caused this environment that that African Americans and blacks uh, kill their children. What what he's doing here? That's what he's saying. What he's doing here is shifting the blame for people killing their own children and saying, well, it's that's white people's fault. That's white people's fault. Dr. Eric Mason hates black people. He hates white people too, don't get me wrong, but he hates black people. And I don't mean he thinks he hates them. I think he thinks he loves them. He hates them in the Proverbs 13 sense where he's disregarding what the scripture says and he's doing it Supposedly with loving motivations, but it's an example of hatred. Because here's the thing. He's saying, how dare you tell me to speak out on abortion? Well, here's how I dare you. Because if you love your black congregants, if somebody comes to you and says, I'm th- I, 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 I've am i got this abortion in my past, you need to tell them, look, you're responsible for that abortion, not white people. You're responsible. You need to tell your community that you're responsible for killing your own children at ridiculous rates. You're responsible. And God will hold you accountable for that. He's not going to hold white people accountable for your sin. You own that anything that tries to limit that, that tries to deflect, that anything that tries to um, shift the blame there is putting people that you claim to love at risk. I want people to feel the weight of their sin because guess what? Blacks and Latinos are made in the image of God, just like white people. And they need to own their sin just like white people. And the wrath of God abides upon them just like white people. And anything you do to try to minimize that puts them at risk for not feeling the weight of that sin and repenting of that sin. How dare you hate people like that? How dare you hate people like that? And I'm not saying you got to be mean about it. I'm not saying you have to be mean to people who are considering or have had, had abortions in the past. I'm not saying that. But you better speak out about it. You better speak out about, about about it like it's the atrocity that it is. Hey, Dr. Eric Mason hates black people in the Proverbs 13 sense of the word. I've got more examples of this, but we're going to have to do another part of this this series. There's a lot of ways to gently hate black people, and I'm going to reveal all of them to you. And You're going to be surprised the people that are doing these things, that actually in their heart of hearts hate black people, even as they say they love them. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the Fight Laugh Feast Network.